the city, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying? What we saying? Prime information. Facts, keys to the city. We're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday. And ladies and gentlemen, we are back. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are streaming on all social media platforms, including Twitch at Keys to the City. So subscribe, comment, share, and like. Before we get into the NFL carousel, the quarterback carousel, another pandemonium, chaos, bedlam. That's what awaits us for this NFL offseason. And then we'll talk about, we'll talk some baseball. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. But before we get into this, I'm sorry, guys, I have to ask, how's the beautiful weather? Up in Connecticut today. Is it nice today? It's actually really nice. It actually makes you stronger as a human being. Oh, yeah? It is so cold out that I've been inside all day. So, so Ted, so Ted says yeah. that, that it makes you a stronger human being. Joe reacts with, I am so cold. I don't so, want to go outside. No, I loved it. I already cashed in all my bear cans. How cold are you, though? I'm actually not cold at all. I was actually it, it actually felt good. I actually had a hot shower today for the first time all week, which was oh, really you, nice. get, you, you got hot water now? Uh just for today. I guess when it's the coldest, uh a hot shower works. And then during the week I had a cold shower. Yeah, hit the gym, got a great sweat in, and then I walked out breathing smoke and I was like phew, feeling great, felt like a new man. I feel and tremendous. And Joe hasn't been out of his house today. Well, think about it. I went Absolutely. out on my back porch. It, I mean, it is. I'm not wearing socks. I'm just wearing slippers. Listen, true my athletes, ankles were dying. True like athletes love seconds. the cold. <laughs> true athletes love the cold. Cryotherapy, baby. Just like well, LeBron James, you go out there and you make your body stronger. You rejuvenate yeah. your body. I feel yeah. like a true champ. Uh, it looks pretty good over there. A nice, you got that nice sun over there. Palm trees. But like I said. What a offseason awaits us for the NFL. I know that we still are a week and a half away from Super Bowl 55, but boy, oh boy, what does the NFL do better than any sport in the world as they dominate the headlines? Sorry, MLB. Sorry, NHL. Sorry, NBA. For the next couple months, the NFL will once again dominate, even though there's not going to be any action on the field. But we're going to start off with this crazy offseason in the sense of all the quarterbacks. Think of all a year ago, Ted, I think it was you on the show that said you would say most of the teams were pretty set with their quarterbacks. We thought I didn't even I said this year, but even this year, even coming into this year, we all thought that most of the league was pretty set with their quarterback situation. Now, about what, four or five months later, we're talking about a situation where we've never seen before where quarterbacks that we thought the 49ers, the Rams are the newest team to come out. You got the Jets. You have the Jets. You have all these teams that we thought had set quarterback situations. But now look at it all. Look at all the names. And, yes, I'm going to even put the great Aaron Rodgers in there because no matter what people want to say, that man, I do not believe he wants to stay in Green Bay anymore. I think he wants to venture out, and it will be interesting. I know Deshaun Watson is the main name in this whole offseason situation. But we have to keep an eye on where Aaron Rodgers wants to do because we hey, don't know. He's an unpredictable t- type guy. Can I say? Can I interrupt you for one second? Think about this, you two. The only <laughs> confident team that you could say in the NFC East that has their quarterback is the Giants. You don't know what's going to go on with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. You don't know the situation in Philly. Is it going to be Carson Wentz or Jalen Hurts? So to think a year later 
10 months later, that the only team really confident, well, not really confident in their team, but you know really who's going to be the quarterback next year is the New York football Giants. And sorry, the Giants are not trading for Deshaun Watson. That's not what the New York Giants do. So no. any Giant fan wish. You can only dream. Listen, this, they're not the Yankees. They're not the Mets. They're not the Jets. They don't look for the headline news. That's not what the Giants do. They never have. They never will. When's the last time you could ever think about the Giants ever making a huge splash? They don't do that. Their biggest splash was trading was trading for Eli Manning. All right? And, and that was a draft day situation where they got their quarterback. Other than that, the Giants don't do things like this. So to think about where we are at 12 months later, when I talk to you, Trev and Joe, we have talked about this numerous times with teams, and we always seem to talk about the quarterbacks, mm-hmm. is every team in this league is a trying to get better. Okay? That's what Tampa Bay did. They got Tom Brady. There's about four or five sure teams in the league that have a quarterback. You would have said Green Bay a week ago. They're the other team. After after losing that NFC Championship game, there's questions in Green Bay. Now, do I think Aaron Rodgers is going anywhere? Absolutely well, I not. think there was questions circulating since they drafted Jordan Love. Because once they did that, that kind of just added like, okay, what's the timetable now for Aaron Rodgers? No matter how great he's been, what's the timetable the, day, the night they drafted Jordan Love? That's when it got all interesting with Green Bay. And now it just adds a whole nother element because the way they lost, and you know how frustrated he has shown when he goes on these podcasts and he's talking with other people. That's what I'm saying. Aaron Rodgers, I know he says, oh, well, he's not going anywhere. Just you got to keep an eye on it. You, you can't ever say, you never say never because it is possible. What do you think, Joe? I mean, as a, as a fan that watches this game and you see all these quarterbacks that we once thought were seemed all set, like San Fran a year ago, they were in the Super Bowl. Now, a year later, they're looking for another quarterback. Two years ago, the Rams looked like they had Jared Goff for the future. Now we're coming out reports this week. They might be trying to move on. So, or an open, or an open quarterback comp- competition. Yeah, look, I- I'll tell you. I think a lot of that is just your local media hyping it up. You know, we asked the question amongst ourselves before the show started. Why would Deshaun Watson want to go to the Jets? That that seems like a silly thing to do uh, yeah. and counterproductive to what he wants, which is success. So I don't know that I buy that. You could also argue that the problem with the 49ers this year was the injuries on both sides of the ball and deep into their depth chart. Mm-hmm. I still think Jimmy G's a very serviceable quarterback for what the 49ers are trying to do. Would you want to upgrade? Well, sure. Who wouldn't? But mm-hmm. at what cost? What is it going to cost you to go out there and get to Sean Watson? It's not going to come cheap. We know that. Yeah, but I so, feel like that's a team with all those injuries coming back. You get a Deshaun Watson. You put the 49ers right back at the top of the NFC. But if you give Jimmy G and he's healthy and you give him everybody back, they were in the Super Bowl a year ago. How? Joe, let me ask you this. It's kind of like the Lamar, Lamar question. Do you trust Jimmy G enough to make the play? And we had, And he had the opportunity a year ago to make a play and win a Super Bowl for the 49ers, and he blew it. And he didn't have that opportunity. Like you said with Lamar, do you trust him enough with Jimmy G as your quarterback that you can win a Super Bowl with him? I put him closer to Kirk Cousins. To be honest with you, because Lamar has the MVP. Jimmy G's never played like an MVP. And so my whole point is, do you trust, just, do you trust just, him enough to make that play? I'm just, you know, I'm looking at paying a great quarterback, and I'm looking at this article I sent you. It says, well, here's the problem you face. You want to play – here's the difference that these teams have to face. No problem. You want to pay Matthew Stafford $125 million? You want to pay Derek Carr, who was at one point the highest-paid quarterback? Where are you at with Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford? Where are you at with Jared Goff? Where are you at Jimmy G? Where are you at with Kirk Cousins, Jacoby Brissett? All these quarterbacks that I just named are average quarterbacks, all right? 
Now, Jimmy G got to the Super Bowl because of two things. Kyle Shanahan is a phenomenal offensive coordinator and a great leader and coach, and they had a phenomenal defense, and it, it, it propelled them all the way to the Super Bowl. Could I, Joe, I don't honestly think that that could happen year in and year out. So how do you, how do you make up for a subpar defense? How do you make up for a subpar running game? You have a quarterback who's extraordinary, who's like the ace, ace card in the deck. He's 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 the ace in the card. That like Mahomes makes up for no running game. Josh Allen, the Bills had no running game, but Josh Allen was so special that he was able to. Lamar's ability is, is are they good enough? And I think the difference these teams have to figure out is, I think, and, and you're gonna see, and you see this a lot often with like Tua and Donald. Are they good enough? to propel you to win you the games that you need to. Yep. Because you know, everyone wants the star quarterback, everyone wants the franchise quarterback. Are you good enough to do it consistently enough like we've talked about and make the plays? Cuz you know, we've seen Kirk Cousins play well. Jeff, you talked about this great fantasy quarterback. Puts up 30 points a game, you see him 30 passing touchdowns. Say, but yeah, but, but what does fantasy do for us? Fantasy wins you just some money. It doesn't win you championships because you're looking like like I've been saying, you, you see these guys, and there's going to be a lot of names out there. Guys like Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, um, Matthew Stafford. These are all guys that are at a point that some of them are still at that like average level, and some are trying to get to that next level. And when you see guys like, like we said, we talked about this coming into this year. There was about twenty maybe 25 teams that we thought were set with their quarterback. Now we're looking in February and there's about like a hand, a handful of teams. That's it. You would say the four teams that were in the conference championship game, you would probably put Baltimore and Lamar and you would put Deshaun Watson as the, as the, like maybe five court, I would say five or six at most quarterbacks that their teams are saying, that's our guy. We're happy with them. We ain't doing anything else. We ain't making no moves, plain and simple. Those are the type of guys. And when you see a team like Kansas City who is just dominating the league, you can't hold up. You can't wait. You have to go take those chances. Like a San Francisco. I'm sorry. The, I know the NFL, the NBA does it with, like, with the draft picks and stuff. It was like, I don't want to trade three first-round picks. Well, you get a top-five quarterback. You get the guarantee. You get the certainty. You don't get the unknown. And in a time where, you, like I said, the Chiefs, are dominating and still kicking ass and looks like they're going to be here for a long time, you have to go all in sometimes. And for a team like San Fran, that's right there. That was right there a year ago. You get a, you get a, you get a, you go in for Deshaun Watson, you'll be seeing San Fran right back in the same situation they were a year ago, guys. Being set at the quarterback position doesn't mean he's a superstar. You don't have to have Dan Marino to say that you're set at quarterback for the near future. Matthew Stafford, I mean, is a very talented quarterback. Yeah. yeah. And it's not his fault that Detroit is Sucktown, USA. He had nothing to do with that. Um, to, and what you just said, Trevor, you know, you point out five or six teams don't, the Giants are like, uh, Daniel Jones is our guy. Mm -hmm. Again, for the purposes that they need for what they're looking for. And this is where, again, you, you look at the Mitchell Trubisky situation again against Deshaun Watson, who's got the better career winning percentage again, who had a better defense. Well, over the last couple of years, you could argue back and forth even, but nonetheless, one guy's got a winning record and one guy doesn't. And the one that doesn't is demanding uh, all, all sorts of things at this point.
I just think having an elite talent quarterback, though, I was just reading it, I wanted to make sure I said the words. It's such a competitive advantage over anything else in the league. I don't care if you have a great pass rusher, a great running game, having an elite quarterback talent. Because if we went back and we just looked at the past Super Bowls, I guarantee nine out of ten years, so a decade, and you went back every year, the best quarterback or the better quarterback of those teams won Super Bowls. Very rarely do you see a middle-of-the-road quarterback win a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Trent Dilfer doesn't happen often winning Super Bowls. Yeah, Brad Johnson. And, 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 and I'm, you know, I'm just thinking about it. Like, go through the last 10 years and think about – now, yes, 07 when Eli beat the Giants. That was – but that's an outlier. That doesn't happen often. That doesn't happen that often that a team – with a with an average quarterback beats the team with the better quarterback usually the better quarterback usually wins in wins more well, I, i'll tell you what i think that was less the case if you go back 40 and 30 years ago i, I don't know i mean think about oh dude joe, i mean joe namath became a name because he beat johnny unitas Good quarterbacks losing the bad quarterbacks. I mean, I, in my own lifetime, I mean, I, I watched El, I watched Sims beat Elway. Yeah, you know what well, I mean. I, 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 again, it was a time, different league. Time you would see. Penny, what, what we have today, NFL today, and and probably for the last at least eighteen years, the way this game is set up, you're right, and I think that's why you see in these last twenty years or so, better quarterback wins. It's a different league. It's a different game. It really is. And Let me give you guys four matchups. I want to just discuss these each for a second. Mahomes versus Lamar. Now, you just mentioned, Teddy, you know, Mahomes didn't have any running game, right? Still able to go out there and win. Absolutely. Lamar Jackson, great running game. He's the problem because not much of a passing game because of him. Yeah, because if he had if he had any passing game, now I would love to see a couple more weapons. Because I need, to see, about, I need to see a true number one with him. You're you're as good as and you're as good as your teammates too. Let's let's understand that at the end of the day, this is a team game. But being an elite quarterback with great surrounding pieces would make a difference. Because we've talked about this. You know, people argue with us all the time. If Mahomes was on the Bears, I still don't think well, maybe they'd be in the Super Bowl. It would be, I think with Mahomes but, on the Bears, like with Watson, but, if Watson got traded to the Bears. The Bears would be right in the top of the NFC. I would I, absolutely. Now, I think what Joe said. Why would Deshaun Watson want to go to the Jets right now? Why? What gives you? What would make you think that they're going to be a Super Bowl caliber team next year? Yeah, they got great free agency. I mean, on salary cap, but I see them if he went to Miami. I see if he went to the 49ers, teams that could win. You know, Miami's defense is already set, and they're very young. And they have a lot of good pieces and they have the right coach. The 49ers, still really young, got a great defense. They just like Joe, you said before, hurt with injury. Make make the smart move businesses the business decision for yourself, not just the money decision. But Joe, what was the other matchup you had, bud? So I've got um, Josh Allen versus Daniel Jones. Oh, Again, Josh Allen. Well, of course you would, but but let's talk about why for a minute. The, the, because I think these guys both were in similar situations, somewhat this year, where you where consider this. I mean, the Giants were able to run the ball despite the fact they didn't have Saquon Barkley. It was it was really the passing game for the Giants. I think that was the bigger issue than the running game. Again, for Josh Allen, no running game, especially at the end of the season, had to make it happen. And I I, I think what I'm, I'm looking to highlight is, wh why would you say Josh Allen over Daniel Jones? It's, it's seemingly obvious, 
But well, I would, I would, for me personally, and then Trevor, if you want to come back and then we can just discuss it, it was bigger, stronger, faster, better arm. And, and he, watching would, him, watching him progress from year one yeah, to year three. That would be my one thing, plain and simple. He's improved. To, to come in, he's improved every year since his rookie year. He started with 10 touchdowns, then went 20. Now he had 40. My thing with Daniel Jones is he had a, he had a, it record wise it wasn't great, but his stats wise look good. Then he comes into his second year. Now I know he lost Saquon and new system and everything dealing with COVID. I get that, but he took a step back, and that's a concerning factor for me in year two, where you want to see him. Like there was a lot of high expectations for Daniel Jones among the, the among the NFL world. We all thought this guy was going to take that next step, and he kind of took a step back. So that's what it gets me concerned in the fact of that would be my biggest difference between Josh Allen and Daniel Jones is that he's Josh Allen has taken that next step to elite level, whereas Daniel Jones is still in that middle of the pack, under that pack, still you're in questions. Let me ask you both this then. Let's, let's say we're having this conversation a year from now. Mm-hmm. What does Daniel Jones numbers-wise, record-wise have to look like for you to feel like his two to three puts him at Josh Allen level. 25. Want, go ahead, Trev. No, I just want to see them. I want to see them in the playoff contention, in the NFC East. Well, I, they were. Them, I want to see them take a step back. I want to see his numbers, at least like his rookie year. So like my mind would be 25 and like 13. So I like would that. be 30 plus touchdowns running and passing. Okay. That's, that's gotta be a realistic number. This is the NFL where we score points and we he could run. So yeah. Yeah. So he should be able to get four to five rushing touchdowns. He's athletic enough. We saw that when he had that run against Philly, when he went 78 yards before he stumbled on that blade of grass, we was like, Oh wow, this guy is pretty fast. All right. Mm-hmm. So four to five rushing touchdowns, which is very capable. Okay. I mean, Brady gets three rushing touchdowns a year and he can't move on quarterback sneaks. So he should be able to get four to five. He should based on what we think what the Giants are going to do for agency, offensive line better and Saquon, he should have 25 touchdown passes. And he should be anywhere to 10 to 15 interceptions. I think that's fair. 15 should be your high. 10 will probably be where it would be you exceed. Um, that, and that would also be, hey, no, no high throws, deflections. As we know, the difference between 10 and 15 is a couple deflections, you know, and a couple high throws or a guy runs a slant when you think he's running the fade and the quarterback throws the ball. And that's easily understandable, and we'll look at that. But also, and I think the Giants' record should be 8-8 eight and eight because if you're good enough, a quarterback should win you three to four extra games a year. That's a, what, what an elite quarterback. It, Joe, we talk about this in baseball. Use it as a war situation. What would Patrick Mahomes be on a different team? Would the Giants be nine and seven this year if Patrick Mahomes on the Giants? Maybe, right? Would Mahomes give the Giants three more wins? I yeah. think so. I truly believe so. Now, do I think they're 11, 12 win? Nah, they're not that that's good. What, that's what I'm trying to say with all these quarterbacks is that you're seeing like Patrick Mahomes dominate. You're seeing the Chiefs really just take the league by storm and everybody's just like under them in the sense of like where like these teams have to go find that next guy like Deshaun Watson. He, he can go to a team and go to like a San Fran, go to a Chicago, makes them a, a contender, a, a Super Bowl contender right off the bat. You almost have to go all in. You can't you can't sometimes settle and be conservative. You have to be aggressive in this certain case when it comes to a quarterback because you need to know if they're if this is the guy. Like the New York Jets are in a tough situation right now because do they want to keep Sam Darnold again? Now I know they got the new coaching staff. Or are they going to draft a quarterback? Or are they going to trade? You, you don't want to have situations like that in here. You don't want to have those situations. Like the Browns, 
Well, up until maybe, I don't know, the past couple months, we were saying the Browns, this might be Baker Mayfield's last day. I think the Browns found the guy. And we should like about that. And I'll let Joe come out with Jeff. I think the Jets are in a good situation. I don't think they're in a bad situation. The reason why I say that is look at it from this. You just gave me three possibilities. So first thing you do is you trade Sam Darnold, the number two pick, and a bunch of other picks, and you're going to get Deshaun Watson, which that's that's A-plus in the hole. You get the elite quarterback, now you don't have to worry about it, right? Mm-hmm. Number two, you keep Sam Darnold, you keep the second pick, and you build within. Or, which we know happens a lot, that's a win because they still have a lot of holes and they have a lot of picks. The other thing is you trade the number two pick, you get you keep Sam Darnold, and you be, get more assets for your quarterback to build. So it's a win-win. And and if you don't think Sam Darnold's a guy, draft another quarterback and have I a quarterback. In the sense of that, that like you thought that this was going to be the guy, and now you're in year you're coming into year four, and you're like, uh oh, listen, we're gonna have to go back again to the drawing boards. Why not? At the end of the day, I liked what, you know, we used to say, I would draft a quarterback every other year or every year until you found the right guy. Because that's why we talk about every year why quarterbacks get moved up in the draft board. That's why the Jaguars getting the number one pick is so valuable. I mean, if the Jets wanted to save pieces, just say, hey, Jack, I know the Jaguars still wouldn't do it, but would you give up next year's first round and the two first round picks to move up to number one to go get Trevor Lawrence? I don't think the Jags would still do it, but I'm just saying that's the importance of having a Deshaun Watson, a Patrick Mahomes, a Josh Allen. You know, and that's and- what I'm to say. how many realistically, like you look at everybody else, and then you say about maybe five quarterbacks: Rodgers, Brady, Mahomes, uh, Josh Allen. You would say Russell, and you would say, and you would probably say Watson and maybe Lamar right under that. But other than that, everybody else, it's like those are the those are the the. The elite ones, I would say. I would say those are the elite quarterbacks without question. And then the other ones are like, they're still trying to get to that next step. Like Josh Allen, that next step this year. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are still like Derek Carr, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, who have taken step back. Yeah, but do you ever notice how we we talk about the top five quarterbacks in in football? Yeah. And right, it's, it's sometimes like we'll bump somebody in, we got to bump somebody out. We don't ever talk about six through ten. No, we don't I, even I, talk I, about I, that. It's, it's it's, like hold on, hold on. It's a five. punishment. It's a punishment if I if I drop you to number six. No, I think Joe. I think we do personally because, like we say, like the Falcons. I would put Matt Ryan in that top ten. He had right. a really good season, but Absolutely. that team and the coaching and the I mean the games that they blew this year are mind boggling. But you think about that team. Right, they have elite receivers. They had a decent running game. Okay, you have Matt Ryan, you had a decent offensive line, but their defense is putrid, and maybe the, the wrong leadership in the coaching. Because we knew that the Giants were off for the last four years, and then we got a new coach, and it was like, wow, the personnel hasn't changed that much, but we were much better, even though the record wasn't that great. But you can look eye test and say that's a better football team than it has been the last three years. I've seen several mock drafts where Justin Wilson goes to or the Zach, Falcons. Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson. Who's Justin Wilson? <laughs> you, Zach I, think Wilson. Mixing, I think you were mixing Justin Fields and Zach Wilson together. Thank you. Yes, yes. there you go. a hell of a combo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when I saw that mock draft, I was kind of surprised to see that Zach Wilson was going higher than Fields because I, he is the Atlanta kid on Fields. I'm I'm surprised people, but people like that type of quarterback. But uh, I don't, I don't like, why would Atlanta draft a quarterback now? Because it's just, why would the Packers not draft a quarterback? 
for no reason. It was a stupid move. They certainly could have added another piece for Aaron Rodgers and not even had a quarterback controversy because he's amazing and he can play for three or four more years. They created the controversy all on their own. There was no reason to draft a quarterback there. And he was right. And there's, if they were smart, they would trade, they would trade him. They trade the kid, get rid of him. You don't even need him. So this is what I would ask you. You want to be the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Giants and wait too late to draft a quarterback? Or would you rather be too early? I'd rather be early. I'd rather have my guy learning from a veteran because if you think about it, Aaron Rodgers sat three years behind Brett Favre before he even took a snap. Three years. I think maybe four years. I looked it up. I forgot. Uncle even Jerry but told me that's this. the old NFL. That no, doesn't. No. We don't get that anymore. You get you get four yeah. starts and we're deciding what you are yeah, no matter yeah, what. It's, it's true. But hey, the Eagles drafted Jalen Hurts in the second round and they just gave. Um, Carson went to deal. So my thing is this: keep drafting them, because if this, if your starter stinks like Carson Wentz did, you put the rookie in, find out what you got, and then you know what you do: you ship Carson Wentz and you go get tons of assets for a quarterback. Because I guarantee, if Philly put Carson Wentz on them on the market, they'd be talking about multiple first round picks. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought that up though, because I want to get into our next point about this whole quarterback situation: risk versus reward. And what I mean by that is me and you were talking about it the other day, Ted, in the sense of would we pay these guys too soon or wait? Or like I like to say, did should they go, should teams go more in the Dallas Washington direction? And what I mean by that is the sense of look at what Dallas has done. They haven't paid Dak. They franchised him, still have him, but paid him, but he hasn't paid a long term. Look what Washington did. Now, I know Washington's still looking for a quarterback, but they always never paid Kirk Cousins to a, for a, a long-term contract. So would they go with teams go more in that sense of the direction? Or have you seen the Rams? Look at the Rams right now. Look at the Eagles. They're in a tough situation, and, and Matt Ryan is another Falcons because they gave them these big contracts. And you're going to see guys in the next couple of years, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, are these teams, now I know they'll say, oh, these are our guys going forward, but is it too soon to be signing these guys long-term in the sense of what if they did, like Carson Wentz, we all thought, oh, wow, this guy's going to be the future. Now we're talking about, is he going to be a Philadelphia Eagle by next year? Jared Goff, oh, it looks like he's the new Rams quarterback for the future. Now we're saying, is he going to be the Rams quarterback coming in? So is it risk versus war to pay a young quarterback or should you hold off? Well, of course, it's it's you should hold off. You should hold off as long as is humanly possible. You need to make sure that that's definitely the guy. And then once you see it, you end up being the Cowboys where you're screwed. And now you have to really overpay if the guy becomes like a superstar. That's the that's the risk that you run. I Dallas is screwed. I wouldn't say Dallas is screwed. I think Dallas Dude, the screwed money that guy's looking for, the, the money that Prescott game. wants to sign a long-term contract in Dallas at this point now, crippling to their to their financial structure. Mm-hmm. So I, I just it, it it hamstrings a lot of other moves for them. But, you but just said you were you if just they would have done it, they would have done it two years ago. When he was already an all-pro and a top-five quarterback in the league, then you would have got him for cheaper. So and you would have got him for his prime year. So, in, again, I think once you establish he's the guy, once you're like Pat Mahomes the guy, give him a 25-year contract, whatever. Do whatever you got to do. 
but you have to identify it first. And then you have to pay. Cause again, if you don't, he's values here. Now you're paying for a quarter. I mean, again, he was, he want 40 million a year. He's not going to get yeah. it, but he's probably going to get about 35. So, I want to just read this. I just want to explain where the quarterback market has gone. So back in 2019, Eli Manning became the top player at $16.25 million as a quarterback. Think about that now, guys. <laughs> 10 years later, what the market is now, almost $25 million more. 2010, Tom Brady became the top paid. Then 2011, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees in 2012. And eventually the market was capped by Aaron Rodgers in 2013. Eventually surpassed by Andrew Luck in 2016. Then he got beat out by Derek Carr in 2017 and reset the market, jumped over 30 million dollars what i mean by that is and why i say that is that's the risk you get for waiting for a guy because joe like you are said if you paid Dak two years ago right you're, you're paying him 25 million dollars a year instead of 40 million dollars a year but my question to you would be if you wait like dallas and kirk cousins right or like the uh, washington redskins now the washington football team did right and you find out that if you keep waiting, because think about it, if he's not a first, if he's not a first round quarterback, it's a four year deal, guys. It's a four year deal. If if he's a first round quarterback, which a lot of teams that's why they want to take the quarterback, is you get the fifth year yeah. option, which is huge. Now the reason why I would say with the Ravens to wait another year is one because of sour cap, they have other guys to win now. Plus, what we've talked about before, what has he really won yet? That is that is what why I say with Dak. I think it all depends on the team and the situation, all right? I think with Mahomes and Deshaun Watson, it was good to pay those guys. I think you know what those guys are, Russell Wilson. But I think when you look at guys like Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, are those guys that you really want to pay early and know that for the next five years, that's your quarterback, that's fine. You know who your quarterback is. But you're going to get mediocrity or average, and then once in a while on a Monday night football game, you're going to get elite level, but you know where you're going to be consistent. You're not going to be great, and you're not going to be low, but you're going to be average. You're going to be the Kirk Cousins level. That's Dallas, what I'm saying. Dallas, 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 the Matt Ryan level. Dallas where do you want to be? I, I, hold on, Trev, one second. I would just yeah, say, yeah. you know, I would want to wait. I would want to wait because the, the way I look at it is this. I still have control of Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson for two more years. All right? They're up for extensions this year. You, these two teams are still in a winnable mode now. Now, I know if they sign an extension, it doesn't kick into the rookie contract is over. So really, if they got a five-year extension, it would be the two years plus the five years. They get, so it would be really a seven-year deal. So you'd have them control for seven years. But what if Lamar breaks his leg or tours his ACL next year, right? And which anything can happen. I mean, look at Dak. And he's not right. the same quarterback. And then you pay him. And his best ability is what? His ability to run. Now all that money you you forked up, just like the Ravens did with Joe Flacco when he won the Super Bowl, your team takes a big hit. Yeah. So it's it's a really tough situation because players want to get paid now because there's no guarantee tomorrow, which we know that. But the teams have to think about the long-term investment. And it all depends on where you're coming from. See, I, know. Player, I want to get paid early. But I, I know I know that the Bills, I, I feel like the Bills are gonna without question sign Josh Allen long term. I think this year really proved it that he's he's taken that next step to where they want to be, which is getting to a Super Bowl, winning a Super Bowl with him, and being one of the best court in the game. He looks like he's gonna be around for a long time. Lamar, I know he's got the MVP, but there's still uncertainty with him. Can he win a big game like that? And he had an opportunity this year and 
kind of bit him in the butt, but I'm a big Lamar fan. I mean, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's going to be a Baltimore Raven for the rest of his life, but we got to see more from where Josh Allen, I think really took that step and really proved it. My thing with Dallas and Dak, Dallas screwed themselves because of plain and simple paying everybody other than Dak. I mean, they played Zeke big money. They paid Demarcus Lawrence, Big money. Um, who else? Everyone. Zach Martin. Well, they put a Jalen Smith. They paid. They paid everybody other than Dak. It just shows that they've probably, and maybe still to this day, I don't know what they're going to do this offseason with him, but it still seems that they're not completely sold on him. Like that's what I'm trying to say with all these quarterbacks. There's good quarterbacks, Joe. After six through ten, there's still good quarterbacks. But there's right. a certain other level of like where I say but there's, there's nobody like to write home about. And if you're not in the top five, then your team's probably not going to be very good. In tw- and I'm just in, in the NFL of now, mm-hmm. if your quarterback's the top ten, yeah, I, I I don't I don't see you making the postseason. And that's why you have, then you have to make, then you have to live with, hey, listen, I'm going to wait out. And then guess what? If he is not good enough, you're going to have to let him walk and draft a new quarterback. Like Arizona's in a tough situation coming soon because, I mean, Kyler's been, he took a good step this year in the right direction, but he still has some, he's gotten injured. He is a smaller quarterback. He's the smallest quarterback we've ever seen in the game. What do they do? That's another big question coming soon because they're going to eventually either have to sign him or, let him play out his rookie contract. That's that's another guy that we haven't even talked about. Because you don't want to be like the Eagles. You don't want to be like the Rams right now and kind of salary cap hell because nobody wants to take – who's going to really go trade for Jared Goff? Matthew Stafford, half of the league is already trying to go after him. Jared Goff, I, want, I don't think a lot of suitors are going to be like, oh, God, we got to go get Jared Goff. So you see those two guys. Yeah, they had good uh, seasons going up to that big contract that they reserved. But now look at them. They got paid, but they've taken drastic steps back to average quarterback play. And that's where it comes down to with guys like Josh Allen, who took that next leap, like we thought with Carson Wentz, like we thought with Jared Goff, but then they kind of just went backwards. That's what I'm trying to say is with Josh Allen, if they give him that big contract, which Josh Allen are we going to see? Are we going to see the Josh Allen that should is going to probably finish in the top three in MVP this year? Or are we going to see the Josh Allen that coming into this year, we were like, uh, we sold on him. Yeah, but look, you could probably go team by team. Yeah. Look at the Jets. I mean, what a dumpster fire that place is. You know what I mean? You could go team by team, literally, and explain. Again, I already did it with the 49ers. So you look at all the injuries to Jimmy G, to all the running backs, all the guys on defense. A lot I, would, I would move on to him. I would move on to him. That's fine. But again, I mean, you could easily explain a lot of the step backs for a lot of the teams, including the Patriots, who lost the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, they replaced him in the last day possible with a quarterback who's already worn welcome everywhere he's ever been. Cam Newton, not for nothing. Um, So an impossible task there as well. I mean, literally look around the league. You could say the same thing about the Eagles, about the Cowboys, about the Redskins, about the Bears. I see young quarterbacks or or second, third, fourth year guys where where there's injuries, where there's insufficiencies management, those teams are struggling. Those quarterbacks back. Baker Mayfield took a step forward of all people. So does that mean he's a better quarterback? No, of course. But he was in a better position and he stepped forward. Here's the other point. Not everybody, I mean, not everybody's going to get the step forward 
because their team sucks. And only a certain amount of teams can step up. Some teams, of course, will, by virtue of other teams going up, will have to go down. That's just how it works. I think yeah, I mean, every it's, team... It's tough. Situation for every team should be analyzed individually before you can decide whether or not you're going to bust somebody out. Well, see, so let's let's just do it for one quick second because we started this came came because me and Trev said the Dak and Kirk Cousins thing because that feels like the the most too common, right? The guys that the teams kept franchising, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, on one year guaranteed deals, Mm -hmm. and they didn't give these guys extension, but they paid other other guys on the team. Are those two guys good enough for big extensions? Because, that's what that's what because here's the thing. They said, would the Cowboys be a better team if Matthew Stafford is their quarterback? That was one of the questions. He's from he's from the Texas area. He uh, Nate Burleson came out and was like, listen, the reason why we lost games wasn't Matthew Stafford. And if you look at Matthew Stafford's got tons of fourth quarter comebacks. I would I would take Staff, I would take Stafford over Dak. Yeah, listen, he's he's just the uh Herbert uh, of of now. That's what Justin Herbert, Matt Stafford, in due time, I believe. I mean, here's here's a perfect example. You're the Colts right now. You got to go get. You got a winnable team. Right? You got a good offensive line. You got a young running back, and you got and you have some really nice defensive pieces. And you got a great offensive coach in Frank Wright. You go get a guy like Matthew Stafford. That's why they went for Rivers. But I, you go get a Matthew Stafford, and I think right now with the way what's going on in that NFC South, you become the number, one, you become the top team in that division easily. I think you're the better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. That's how I personally feel. I think Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback. A good listen. This is the difference. He's a really good quarterback. Is he but great? Not his running back. He becomes the same quarterback he is in Miami. Is he great enough? That's what. Is he? But see, that's great. You're talking about, and and here's the problem we're going to run into. So if we're trying to compare everybody to Mahomes, no, you can't. Lamar, hey, he's not great. What do you? Who are you referring to? What standard are you referring to? You're the Mahomes standard. I would no, I'm not. Everybody comes up way short. I think of this. You got to take out the first four or five, Joe. Like we said, take out the first five. We know what they are. Rodgers, Russell, Mahomes. You want to put Brady in there. Those are those are the five. You can't touch them because those are elite. Those, that's what call the lead is. Those are the top. Then there's everyone else. There's that second tier, which I would consider Carson Wentz was once at. All right? You know, I think Dak is close on that fringe. Matt Ryan. I think Justin Herbert could be. He's 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 still too young to be in that tier, but he's right where you want him to be. Um, I think Kyler Murray's in that second tier. Josh Allen is definitely in that second tier. He's he's on the fringe of going into that number one tier. I would I like know, to see another tier. I would put Watson and, and Josh Allen in the tier one. Here's the thing I would do with Watson trip. The reason why I don't put him in tier one yet is because he hasn't really won anything. Okay. The, the 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 skills and the attributes that he has an athlete are tier one. But until you, like we say Lamar, I wouldn't put Lamar in a tier one. Because as me and Joe have discussed multiple times, and you have kind of agreed, and we kind of go back and forth, the skills are there. We know that. That's why they are a starter. That's why they're NFL talent. That's why they were first-round picks. But are you good enough to win the games in the bottom of the ninth when there's two strikes? Can you get that clutch hit? Can you make that throw on third down? Can you make the play when your team needs you the most? That's why certain guys are elite. Like, as much as we bashed Eli, 
when there was key plays that needed to be made in great in major situations, fourth quarters, Super Bowls, playoffs, he made the plays. Now, yet during the regular season, did he throw four picks in a game? Absolutely. But you know what people would say? They'd rather have Eli Manning in the fourth quarter on the last drive than Peyton Manning. There's, it's not like it's a 70-30. That's closer to 50-50 or more Eli. It's been said they've talked about that. Eli was great when it mattered most. That's what – Sometimes the best thing to make those quarterbacks really show their true colors is a little change of scenery. And, and something that, that – change of scenery could really change that. Tell me which quarterback has had great success when he changed seats. Um, Joe Montana? Nope. Yeah, yeah. Joe Montana. Josh Rosen? No, Joe Montana. Uh, I mean, I'm, talking like, I'm talking like these bigger. I'm not, like, I don't want to changes to like, oh, wow, everything's all changed now. How about when, when Bledsoe left uh, New England and went to Dallas? How'd that go? Well, that wasn't good, but I'll tell you this. So you got Tom Brady. When a quarterback gets a change of scenery, you 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 done messed up, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah, Lane because great quarterbacks don't change scenery. Haskins is going to get a not for a good reason. We haven't had a quarterback that's 25 years old, literally on the fringe of being a top five quarterback in the league that wants to get out. And he's, I mean, that come on, the Lions. I'm talking about Stafford too. Look at the two franchises, the Lions. We just talked about it. They've been an uh, atrocity. They've been a joke. Forever. I'm sorry. And then look at Houston the past couple of years. I mean, they were a, play, a playoff contending team. Now, all of a sudden, they've become an absolute laughing stock. It's a terrible time to be a Houston Texan player right now or a fan because it's not a fun time, just like being a Detroit Lion fan. It's just never been good. Just ask Barry Sanders, ask Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, all these guys that were such great Hall of Fame type talents that just went to waste because they were in crappy situations. Sometimes you just got to go take a chance and and go do something new and find somewhere new. The thing is, though, unlike any other sport, when you find a quarterback in the NFL and he's your guy, he doesn't go anywhere. The only time he goes anywhere is when he's 34, 35, 36 at the end of the career and you draft someone. It just doesn't happen. So that's why we're in unprecedented time right now. And I totally am loving this. You know, I don't like sometimes how it's done in football. I mean, excuse me, in basketball, where these guys like... Well, we never see this in football. No, I know. Well, here's the I like thing, it though. because guys are starting to take control. Because here's the thing. I told, Trevor, I was talking to Dad about this. If I'm an NFL player, look at it from your perspective, right? You have a short career. Could be anywhere from three to five years. And if you're a quarterback, maybe 10 to 15, right? You got a short window to make money and win. Now, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, you want to do both, one way or another. I like to win a little bit more than to make the money because I'm remembered more for what I've done in, on the field and winning than I did for my money in my pocket. So to see a guy finally take control and say, you know what? I'm sick of this because think about this. I'm going to steal this from someone. Where in the world where your job tells you what you do? Think about it. When you went into the world after 18 and you graduated college, you pick out what job and where you want to go. And if you don't like it, you quit or you leave and you go somewhere else. Only in the NFL is the team dictates where you go and how and how much you make. Think about that. You're a young kid, you're a young guy, like right, and you get drafted by the Jets. You're like Sam Donald. You think, oh my God, this is gonna be great, and you just get killed, bro. You got you got an awful ownership, you got awful coaching, you got no person around, and your career is ruined like this. That's Colin why these guys. Colin Coward right. said it best, bro. Listen, hold on. Colin Coward said it best. A high school recruit 
has more power than an NFL player. Yeah, fix that here. <laughs> yeah, fix that. Yeah, fix that here. Listen, first of all, I want to just dispel a couple of things. Number one, that team was twenty-one and ten previous two seasons. Oh, uh, Houston uh, Texans. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. Now hold on. He has one season where things don't go the way he wanted them to, and he wants out. I think this is more than and, just well, the hold, on, hold on a minute. A 25-year-old guy won one bad year. They shouldn't have traded Hopkins. I think they realize that now. Um, they fired their coach. Uh, but one bad season, and this malcontent wants out. I think this is deeper, though, than just winning not, and losing, Joe. But it's not. So no, hold it on. Hold I think on. He, they want, he wanted to decide who the GM was going to be. He wanted, he wanted to have, he wanted to have some anything. And I think the coach that they hired was meant as some sort of appeasement to him. We'll hire a black coach for our black quarterback. Maybe that'll make happy. And it didn't. Well, yeah, Leslie well, Frazier had the enemy. Literally after one bad year, Deshaun Watson wants out. I think this and is I, deeper. And I, I really do. It might be. It I might be. But listen, you are the player. That's how this works. Did, did you know in the NFL, when you're injured, they only guarantee your contract for 42 days? And if you're out for the year with no guaranteed money, they can just waive you now. You, well, that's when, why when you talk about players that when you talk about investing in these young quarterbacks, giving them a big deal. What is it the guys really want? They want guaranteed money. Well, yeah, you, get most, you get most of it up front. What's even the motivation going forward year after year that they could cut you with the, at the drop of a hat, absorb a cap hit, and you don't mean anything. So it, it the, is the, system, the system has always been terrible in the NFL. Mm -hmm. My issue here with Watson is, and as of a few days ago, I was like, well, look, he hasn't said anything formally that he wanted to be traded. This could all be just the, the team posturing and the media getting involved. Then he came out and literally asked to be traded. Is that that you – do you want to trade three number one picks to get this amazingly talented guy? What if you go 6-10 and 10 next year because you lose a couple big uh, defensive players oh, and you just, I mean, your wad, you just blow your wad on draft picks? Now you don't even have you don't even have the ability to to, to help him the year. What's what's he gonna say then? He's gonna like want he, out like, again. No, but like if he if he got traded to like San Fran or Chicago, they won't be a six win team. If he goes to the Jets, that's probably the same situation in, in Houston. I could see them being six wins. But you go to a team like San Fran, like San Fran or the Bears, plain and simple, you go from a team that is there but not yet there. You get him. You go to that next. I don't I don't. I think I think the worst thing that happened to the NBA was what happened around 2000, 2002, where guys started demanding their release well, and negotiating a payout. Wait, you want me to wait? You want me to release you from your contract and give you like half the money? What? <laughs> the, the day the NBA started doing that was the day it all went to Trash City. So I am well, not an NBA guy. But here's the thing, though. So, and I, I understand your point because here's the thing: you're also the same guy that just signed a four-year, 100, you got 10 million dollar guaranteed last year extension. Don't forget, he just signed the extension last year. All right. So you got your money, right? Now, I told Trev this. I said, so if you want to play hardball, right, and you say, well, I'm not going to sign the extension, you know what they do? They lowball you, 
and they franchise you, which means you only get the one-year guarantee. And we know with the NFL, you, you we want guaranteed. That's what they want. They want what NBA and the baseball have. They want long-term guaranteed because they know their future is, no, is not guaranteed tomorrow. So you can't have it both ways to make your money. But the problem is it's all favored toward the owners for, for total control. The only thing I will say with this and everything I've been reading about this is guys like Andre Johnson to come out and, and people who know who Andre Johnson is, a very quiet spokesperson who will be in the Hall of Fame one day, says that the Houston Texans organization itself, not the coaches, the organization ruins players. So it'd be like Derek Jeter coming out and coming out, they're like, you know what? The Yankees organizations ruins players when you go there. If that that holds so much value to other players and younger players, and I think this is deeper than just winning and losing. Because if it was about, he's been in the playoffs like three years in a row. They've been a nine, ten, eleven win team. I just think this is deeper. I think this has to do with yeah. an infrastructure of organizational things. And you know, we're not going to talk race on this show because we don't talk about that. But there could be a, a big thing with race because with the uh, McNair family, you know, there's the son took mm-hmm. over there's, there's been a dysfunction, not only internally, but I think personnel was, I mean, to see JJ Watt say on the last game of the season, put his arm around the young kid. Now this is JJ Watt is, is one of the greatest Samaritans on the United States has done so much. Well, there's not a bad thing you can say about it. for him to put his arm around this young saying, I'm sorry. We wasted a year of your career. Speaks volume to me personally, as a fan, and if I'm a co-player, I'm like, shit, that resonates. That yeah. resonates to me. All in all, all. And I think, guys, if you you know, usually when guys um, ask for trades, usually there's a backlash. A lot of people side with the owners, say, oh, you're being selfish or whatnot. You really haven't heard any backlash toward what Deshaun Watson has done or said. <laughs> but you really haven't you really haven't hit on him hard. You haven't really bashed him. You're just saying, hey, listen, you're 25 years old. You've had a you've had a pretty good career for the most part. Yes, we just traded your best weapon away last year. We did give you a $110 million guarantee, though. Now we're trying to fix things with the new personnel, the new GM, the new coach. Try to ride it out with us. Let's see what happens. He's like, screw that. All in all, this is only the first week of this. We have a lot more to talk about this for the next couple months. So MLB, NBA, NHL, good luck. Because once again, the NFL will be dominating the headlines. Like I said, we're not even going to be talking about the Super Bowl today. We're going to be talking about that all next week. So that should be quite a ride. And this offseason is going to be one hell of a ride. I cannot wait. We just talked about one player. There's going to be a boatload of movement in this in this coming offseason. So I can't wait. Let's see what happens. But let's move on. Hey, and hey, before, you, before you cut the show off, I just want and before you I'm cut not going the show, we're going to the next thing. I, I just want to. I want to ask you two. What you want to see Deshaun Watson play for? What team would you want to go see Deshaun Watson play for? If if you were doing a franchise on Madden or a fantasy thing, and you could say, I would love to see this player go here for his career and just overall success. Where would you honestly want to see him go? Carolina Panthers, Indianapolis Colts. I love it. I like that Joe because you got a running game, young team, and it. And I, like, I, I would like. I would like to see Carolina with them. I. I don't know. I, I don't know. Christian McCaffrey, Rod, uh, Robbie Anderson, um, DJ Moore. That's a. That's a, and with Matt Rule. That's a young and exciting team. If you get a Deshaun Watson, that's the Colts have weapons everywhere. I, just, I can't see the Texans trading. 
Deshaun Watson to their own interdivision team and playing him for the next two for the for two times a year for the next ten to twelve years. Honestly, there's no way that will happen. I want to see him to go to the NFC West, either the Rams or the 49ers. I will obviously I want, to see, I think, I want to obviously see him play in, in New York with the Giants, but we know that's not gonna happen. No, that's, I, can, I can dream. I can dream. Like speaking of dreaming though, that's all that Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, and Kurt Schilling are going to be doing is dreaming because there's no chance as Vince McMahon's theme song once said, no chance in hell that these guys will be making the hall of fame as they did not again. And for the first time since 2013, the fourth time overall since 1968, that there were no new hall of fame members. So we talk about this. The highest was Schilling. He's been on the ninth year ballot, just like Bonds and Clemens. Schilling was 71%. He was the highest. Bonds was at 61.8. Clemens was at 61.6. My question to you, it's not even about that. It's about the guys that are coming in next year. A-Rod, Ortiz, you could put Teixeira, but the two main guys is A-Rod and Ortiz. And these are two guys that were associated. We already know A-Rod took steroids. But David Ortiz, sorry, Red Sox fans, for all you delusional and naive Red Sox fans, I don't think he never took steroids. He was still part of that steroid era. So what does it do for guys like that coming next year? Well, look, it, clearly at this point, we haven't established what we're doing with these guys. <laughs> yeah. um, I told you pre-show, you know, they were quick to dismiss Mark McGuire right off the ballot. All he did was hit home runs, no defense, you know, um, and, and and so and so they were e- you know easily able to uh, to push that one aside. Everybody just pretended Mike Piazza's name never got linked to steroids. We just threw him a free pass just because you know there's no rhyme or reason behind it. And and Teddy, you know you've said this before. You mentioned it earlier, and you're exactly right. This this comes down to guys that were breaking and setting records, and we have a real issue with that. But. Major League Baseball also doesn't have the balls to strike the records. You could easily take their names right out of the record books and pretend none of that counts. But since you don't do it, I don't understand why you don't just put these guys in. You know, we all know, and our kids and our grandkids will all know who these guys are what the suspicion was, why it took these guys 10 ballots to get into the Hall of Fame. Even You know what I mean? Even if you didn't know, you'd look at it and be like, how come the all-time home run leader didn't get in until his 10th ballot? Or a pitcher with 354 wins, huh, and, he, and he got in because of the Veterans Committee like 15 years after he retired? Five People will figure out that. People yeah. will understand that something's wrong. As for Ortiz and A-Rod, and Manny, when he comes up, and any of the other guys who have failed tests or been They've linked been to steroids, with, yeah, been associated. I mean, with. we have to make a decision here. You know, the Schilling Andy Pettit thing. You could argue both of those guys were borderline cases to begin with. And so, if you're telling me, well, Andy cheated, I don't like what Schilling says. You know, in real life. But I think, that, I, just, I think that's the main reason why Kurt Schilling is not in the Hall of Fame. It's because of his political beliefs. Same thing with Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit admitted using steroids once. Nobody believes he did it just the time, you know, so we're willing to ignore 260 yeah. wins, 264 wins, and 19 more in the postseason because, you know, I don't believe him. Piazza, though, yeah, I'm fine with that guy. 
What are you brewing up, Ted? Aaron Thomas never did steroids. He was always a big guy. How do you know that? What I mean, like people, how can you arbitrarily decide who's a steroid guy, who's not? The all-time hits leader? No, don't put him in. When he was a manager afterwards, he bet. Now, again, if you look at all of these guys, what is the number one thing holding them all back? Barry Bonds, douche. Clemens, douche. Schilling, douche. Pete Rose, douche. One of those four guys has ever looked in the mirror and been like, could it be me? Could do you think I be the problem in that situation? No, I think Barry Barry Bonds went on 2020 and he was like, I did use steroids, that Balco thing, it was wrong. I feel like such a jerk for it. I'm coming clean. Everybody knows how good I was. I want to be in the Hall of Fame. I shouldn't have lied. I shouldn't have done that. BS. I was a douchebag as a player. I was mean to the media. My teammates hated me. But look, my you you know how good I was. Please, I know I suck as a human, and and I tarnished my my Godfather and Hank Aaron. But can you cut me some slack? I'll bet you he would jump up fifteen percent in the voting next year. No, I bet. You know what we like in this country, Teddy? We like when people apologize. All we talk about, you got that personal responsibility. Own up. Yeah, we'll do it. it. There's so much evidence against Clemens and Bonds. So much evidence. And nobody believes them when they say no. So just say what you did. I think it would hurt him, Joe. I think because you've already gone this far and said no. You already know. I know, but... A-Rod will get in before either one of those two guys do. Not only did A-Rod admit and apologize for doing it, he's he's apologized for being a lying sack of dog do. Well, here's the other thing. I think, and I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy, I think Ortiz might get in before A-Rod because there there is no positive test. And think about how well David Ortiz is liked. You know what I mean? Take away the steroids and stuff. He's so well-liked. Now, A-Rod has kind of resurrected his overall appearance and likeness. Reputation. On 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 ESPN, through the MLB Network, working on TBS or Fox, wherever he's on. He has kind of like... Like, oh, this guy's actually a pretty cool guy. Be, I think married to J-Lo has helped him change as a person. He's oh, not that would, take, that would take a lot for a human being. It's and, not and I, all about him anymore. Did you see him at the inauguration? No. Where it's like J-Lo and Lady Gaga and Joe Biden and, and George. He wasn't, Biden. The, he wasn't the biggest name there. Yeah, and A-Rod's just kind of like standing off in the background like, oh. Yeah. Like every other doofus husband that was there with some powerful woman. I, it, it's humbled him. And it's made him likable and not for nothing. His analysis of baseball. Phenomenal. He's the Tony Romo. I was um, just going to say that. <laughs> I was just going to say that. I, I think Romo's great too. So do we, I, do we I like Romo so much more now because of how good of an announcer he is. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think he carries Jim Nance. Yeah. Because I want to so with that, with that being said, the question will be is, what is the percentage that these guys start off with? That's really the key. Are they at the 50% mark right on year one? Are they below 50%? Are they at 25%? Where are they going to be? And I'm talking about A-Rod and Ortiz. That'll be a really, really uh, interesting part. Now, do I think Sean's not going to get taken off the ballot? He's going to be on the ballot next year, and he's probably going to get voted in. 
The question I don't will think be, he is. Oh, no, I, I think know. he will be. I think he will be. And we'll see how much of a tough guy he is when they elect him. And go, what are you going to do? Are you going to reject it? Or is he going to reject it? Because they're not going to take him off the ballot. I like what Michael K said the other day. He'll probably get in. He'll probably get right to the 75. He'll be like 75.5. And you know what? Come on, tough guy. You don't want to be in them? Let's see. Let's see if you really deny the Baseball Hall of Fame. He himself has said that he doesn't consider himself a Hall of Famer. I, can I tell you something, though? What I remember as a young kid, he was one of the three or four best pitchers every year from the time he ended at the Phillies to the Diamondbacks to the early years of the Red Sox. I really do. He was he up was there really with Pedro and Randy Johnson every single year. He was a workhorse. He, You're he not did. remembering that right. It felt like that from the Diamondbacks through the Red Sox. But his last year with the Phillies, he made a late step in his career because when he started with Baltimore, um, it wasn't good before he went to, yeah, he, he struggled. He got to Philly. He, it took him some time to find himself out. He got good his last year or two in Philly rode that through a, a great partnership, obviously with, with Randy Johnson for a few years. And then the Red Sox. And then I mean, the Red Sox. Yeah. Again, for me, I, I, again, when, when I talk about hall of famers, I collect baseball cards. I still do. Okay, my Harold Baines cards were always in the the future Hall of Famer pile. I believed he was a Hall of Famer. I think a lot of people do. I'll argue with anybody all day, any day. You 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 know now he puts up what we we call fourth outfielder numbers. In the '80s, when Harold Baines played, that was superstar numbers. I mean, you, again, we're we're comparing apples and oranges. Fred Griff, but Fred McGriff of all people gets stuck in that weird in between late 80s, the early 90s zone, finishes career in 2006. Same amount of home runs as Fred as uh Lou Gehrig, a 284 lifetime batting average, yeah, five time all star, led both leagues in home runs during his career. Totally World gets Series, the World Series champ. World Series yeah. champ, Golden Glove first baseman. I will say this, and I, I said it before the show, and I'll say it live on the show is. Clemens and Bonds should be in. I, I said to Joe, I said, I said, think about this. If you were telling a story about baseball and then you were in the chapter of the 2000s, you wouldn't be able to tell that chapter without putting Bonds and Clemens in. And, you yeah. know, you know, Joe, you're older than me. And we, that, duh, that's the obvious, Captain Obvious. But to me, to be able to saw Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens pitch is probably your Pete Rose or are you, did you see Hank Aaron hit? Did, were you able to see him, like guys like him? Like, who was your uh, – you saw Reggie Jackson. I right? saw but Reggie. He was Absolutely. a home run hitter. But Barry Bonds hit for average. He had speed. He was the first 44 well, Dave guy. Winfield. Dave Winfield's another Hall of Famer I grew up on. Exceptional athlete at six foot six. right? Was drafted by uh, the NBA uh, as, as well as Major League Baseball, and he was drafted into the NFL. Uh, Dave Winfield was an amazing athlete. Dave Winfield challenged for batting titles, hit 500 homers, 3,000 hits, amazing arm in right field, great defense. He could run, wasn't a base dealer, but he could run around the bases. It was one of the greatest players I'd ever seen in my life, for sure. Let me ask you the last question. Uh, is it more likely that you think A-Rod or Ortiz get in on the first ballot? Again, yeah. again, like Piazza, I think Ortiz gets the pass because people like him, and even though he was on the Mitchell Report. So Listen, he did fail a drug or, test. We know he Ortiz, did. If you've learned anything about baseball guys who select the Hall of Fame, they are not coming anywhere close till after year five. 
Okay. And, and, and I truly believe that. And I'm, I'm telling you, next year you're going to see A-Rod probably at like 52%. And you'll probably see Ortiz at like I think 50- it'll be lower. And, and really? Ortiz at 56%. Because think about it. A, um, Clemens and Bonds only jumped up less than 2%. They jumped up like 1.5% this year from last year's. They were both at like 60, and they went to 61.6 and 161.8. Listen, yeah. Bonds, and we talked about this, it plays a part, and it shouldn't, but character plays a part. Clemens wasn't, a, and Bonds were kind of douches while they were players. There's stories about Bonds, you know, they, when he almost fought Jeff Cat and then where he didn't want to do certain interviews. You know, if Barry Bonds was a better person, that would have helped him a lot. That's why I think A-Rod is doing what he's doing now to resurrect his career and get himself in the Hall of Fame because here's another thing. Pete Rose is kind of a douche. He really is a douche. He still is an ass. Every year, every year, the day of this ceremony, you know where Pete is? He's down the street at like a Holiday Inn signing autographs. I mean, if you if you could be a bigger ass than that, I, I don't know what it is other than standing outside with a vote me in. I mean, that, that would be the only thing more pathetic. I love Pete Rose. For anybody who's never read his book, My Own Prison, do yourself a favor if you read the book, you'll realize how easy baseball made it for Pete to get reinstated and his refusal to do what they've asked him to do, which is just acknowledge what he did. He's in, he won't do it. He stays insistent. He's got his own reality. Same thing with Clemens, same thing with bonds, same thing. I would even argue Sosa and Palmero. How Rafi Palmero with 3,000 hits and 560 home runs isn't in the Hall of Fame. I mean, again, either take the take those numbers out of out of the, the history books. I don't even want them to be there then. Or put these guys in the Hall of Fame where they belong and put an asterisk on it. I'm fine with an asterisk. But to my point, and I'll finish off with this, is I can tell the story of baseball from the 98 season to 2005 and, and skip over Palmero and never mention his name. Easily, because I, I start, I start uh, with ten guys in baseball history with 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 uh, three thousand yeah. hits and five hundred home runs. He's For him there. to not be there, to me, no, is, I agree. It's an embarrassment to the game. Well, it's an embarrassment to himself, Joe. It's an embarrassment to himself that he allowed himself to get so deep in a hole that he couldn't come out and couldn't admit it. And they it was on it. And and it is they what it is. It. Now they're they all have their, they have their own grave, Except and they have to live with it. They have to live with it, and it is what it is. And this is one of the most controversial things: is baseball Hall of Fame every year. Plain so, every year. Okay. Hey, but what else is new with baseball? Baseball loves. Well, to get also, I think it's time for the Baseball Writers Association of America to clean house. Let's like let's get some real like some real people in there that know what they're talking about. Enough of the political statements. There was the jerk off and ball. I'm going to leave Mariano off. Nobody gives a shit about you. You're a loser. This is not about you. Listen, I hate Kurt Schilling. I hated him as a player. I think he's a douche and as wow. No no doubt about it. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Quick question. And And Joe, you'll know the better answer. I wish it wasn't just the writers. I wish it was actual Hall of Famers or former players that had a vote. The reason why I say that is because no one knows how good someone is unless you were going against him competition-wise. You know what I mean? When guys, when offensive linemen say, when they went against LT, they were like, I didn't need 
he was the best. Like you, you nope. those guys know the best. The guys that went against Kurt Schill be like, okay, he was one of the best. Pedro Martinez, they know. A Rod will say exactly. And the guy and pitchers will do the same thing. Who was my toughest hitter? So whatever. I mean, hey, well, baseball, like, baseball, like always, what else is new with baseball? Baseball's always doing the NFL is always doing good for themselves. Baseball's always doing bad for themselves and always getting into some kind of issues. Especially when Teddy, too, most of these writers, the newer writers, the idiots from Deadspin, you don't even see any of these guys play. What are you even talking about? You don't know, you have no idea what you're talking about. All these idiots do it. Like they read old ESPN articles. Well, I made up my mind. Get out of here, morons. Unbelievable. I can't, I can't wait for next week. It's going to be a hell of a week to talk all the NFL and all Super Bowl 55 you get the GOAT versus possibly the future GOAT Patty Mahomes boy oh boy the millions and millions of storylines that will be going on for next week I can't wait I wish the game was happening this Sunday I'm very excited I know Joe's level is at a six but I'm at like a 10 I can't wait for this Super Bowl plain and simple it's going to be great we are streaming on all social media platforms at Keys to the City, including Twitch. So subscribe, comment, share, and like. Guys, stay warm up there, all right? I'm going to enjoy down here. We are Keys to the City. Clovercrest Media presents Keys to the City. We are out. Yeah. Keys to the City, baby. When you see us, so you know you really viewing greatness in the making. Double up on facts, we stating. Podcasting, cruise control, city, state, the nation. So what you saying, what we saying, prime information. Facts, keys to the city, we're locking the statements. Streaming every Friday.